African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. This is a very significant historical election. This crisis is still damaging, especially Finnish and European economies very hardly, and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation. And uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of uh, Tiwonge and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. I can hear another voice here on the line by LB. On the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Now, on the program today, we focus on the legalities surrounding President Omar al-Bashir of Sudan having flown back home. Well, I have no idea what was happening there at that particular moment, but thank you for joining us here on Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. You're listening to us here on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Well, today we're going to be looking at a very interesting topic. We're going to look at uh, the issue of uh, astronomy and uh, look at a gathering that took place last week to really look at advances that are being made in South Africa, especially when we look at the square kilometer array also known as the SKA but before we get into that let's get our news from Onel and Sinzi. Thank you, Benjamin. Looking at your headlines, South Africa's Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa is urgently sent to Lesotho following fears of more political instability in the country. The UN Security Council unanimously approves a one-year extension of the joint UN-AU peacekeeping force in Sudan's Western Darfur region. And Liberia gets a new case of Ebola almost two months after the country was declared free of the virus by the World Health Organization. With your latest news, a very good morning. I'm Onilin Tsinsi. South Africa's Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa has been urgently dispatched to Lesotho to consult with Prime Minister Pagadita Mosesidi. This follows increased concerns on President Jacob Zuma's side over the security situation in the country. After receiving the SADC fact-finding mission to Lesotho's report, Zuma is also sending a special envoy to Zimbabwean President Robert Mugabe to share his deep concern about the security situation in Lesotho. Ntagwanangadanezmo. President Jacob Zuma sent the fact-finding mission to Lesotho because he was concerned about the political and security developments in the country, in particular the flight of the three opposition leaders and the killing of Brigadier Maparankwe Mahao. President Zuma has condemned the killing of Brigadier Mahao and conveyed his condolences and sympathy to the family. He urges all stakeholders in Lesotho to resolve their political differences through legal and peaceful processes and to establish institutional and security reforms as recommended by the SADAC double-tracker summit held in Pretoria in February. 
A top international criminal court prosecutor, Fato Bensouda, has called on the United Nations Security Council to ensure Sudan's compliance with a court order for the arrest of President Omar al-Bashir. In 2009, the ICC judges charged al-Bashir and his former defense minister, Abdel Rahim Mohammed Hussein, with war crimes and crimes against humanity committed in Dufour. The pre-trial chamber of the court found in March and June that Sudan has failed to arrest the sur- and surrender al-Bashir and Hussein to ICC. Bensouda calls on the Council for Action comes just two weeks after al-Bashir managed to evade arrest in South Africa. Meanwhile, the South African Legislation Center says human rights need to be a priority over political agendas. The center was reacting to the news that the South African government will appeal the High Court decision that Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir should have been arrested as per the International Criminal Court when he was in South Africa. Government issued a statement on Monday saying the reasons for the appeal will be contained in an affidavit to be submitted in the Pretoria High Court. According to a United Nations report 300,000 people died in the area since 2003. International Criminal Court Justice Lawyer Angela Mutukwoti says that by challenging the South African judicial system, the government is putting al-Bashir's safety before human rights. In essence, the issue is moot as President Bashir is no longer in the country. So the basis of the appeal will be interesting. I think it is a disturbing development because the judge was clear on this. The law is clear on this, that South Africa had a duty to act and that the government contravened direct court order. I think it is a disturbing situation because what we have here is there are victims in Darfur. The UN figures are now at 300,000 people who've died since the insurgency in 2003. And there is credible evidence that President Bashir has charges to answer to. So for South Africa to be prioritizing him over the rule of law or justice in the country or adhering to a court order makes no sense whatsoever. The United Nations Security Council has unanimously approved a one-year extension of the joint UN-African Union peacekeeping force in Sudan's western Darfur region. As conflict is intensifying, the council is rejecting the Sudanese government's demands that the troops leave the country. The council condemned increased human rights violations and expressed deep concerns at the escalating fighting between government and rebel forces. Sudan ordered the peacekeeping force UNAMID out of Darfur late last year. And finally, Liberia has uncovered a new case of Ebola almost two months after the country was declared free of the virus by the World Health Organization. This after a 17-year-old boy tested positive for Ebola. Talbot Nyesua, who heads Liberia's Ebola response, says the teenager died on June 24th in a town close to Liberia's international airport. He says the case is being investigated, but people should not panic because there are no other known cases. WHO declared Liberia Ebola-free on May 9th and after the country went 42 days without reporting a case. Now recapping on your top stories, South Africa's Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa is urgently set to Lesotho following fears of more political instability in the country. The UN Security Council unanimously approves a one-year extension of the joint UNAU peacekeeping force in Sudan's western Darfur region. And Liberia gets a new case of Ebola almost two months after the country was declared free of the virus by the World Health Organization. Channel Africa News. Welcome to 
Get to know Channel Africa and all the people who bring news, views and great African entertainment. You can now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 902. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Yes, you. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Thank you for joining us right here on our frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. That's our shortwave service. And uh, if you're listening to us via DSTV, it's on Channel 902. That's Channel 902 on our DSTV uh, bouquet channel. And uh, thank you for streaming us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. The South African astronomy community held their third annual gathering in Durban, South Africa over the weekend. The focus of the meeting was on the strategic matters related to astronomy, in particular the national strategy for multi-wavelength astronomy and the implementation plan. Now this morning we'll be focusing on the developments around the square kilometer array or the SKA and look at astronomy on the continent and also uh, just to look at how uh, Africa has actually uh, moved up in terms of science and uh, this particular aspect and this industry. Now joining us for this particular uh, conversation we have uh, the Deputy Chief Executive Officer uh, Astronomy at the National uh, Research Foundation that's Professor Nitaya Chetty as well as uh, Professor Renier kran who is also joining us uh, um, who is the Head of Department of Astronomy at the University of uh, Cape Town. Now let me start with you Professor uh, Nitaya Chetty, looking at uh, this uh, particular gathering, focusing on the national strategy for multi-wavelength astronomy and the implementation plan. Was this a significant meeting in Durban that took place? Uh, does it actually change uh, how we're moving forward in the world of astronomy in the continent and especially in South Africa? Benjamin, hi there. Thank you very much for this wonderful opportunity to share with you some of uh, the uh, deliberations that we had in Durban recently. It was really quite a fantastic meeting, a, a wonderful gathering of scientists from around the country. Uh, you will know that uh, astronomy is a major investment for South Africa, uh, not just within our boundaries, but also broadly into Africa. And I like the way you describe your uh, radio station as the voice of the African Renaissance, but because to a very large extent, astronomy is breaking new ground, new territory for science uh, development in Africa. So this town meeting was about bringing the community together. It was not a conference of scientific papers or, or um, a workshop of science results, but rather it was a, it was a meeting to get, uh, to get the community together to talk about the issues of the day, to share ideas of new developments that are taking place, to uh, solicit input, and generally speaking, to improve networking and to renew old acquaintances and so on. Needless to say, the SKA played a very important role, a very central part in the discussions during this meeting, but there were also a whole range of other topics that we, that we did talk about that relate largely to uh, optimizing and exploiting the uh, fantastic investments that governments make in astronomy for uh, for development ultimately, and, and mostly people development, because that's what we want to see. We want to see astronomy being used as a vehicle for attracting a new generation of 
of African students into science at the earliest levels and to mm-hmm. nurture these students all the way through the highest levels mm-hmm. to um, produce productive researchers and then ultimately then to to contribute to, to science in, in, in this wonderful field of astronomy. Mm. Let me move on to Professor René Kran-Kortevag in terms of looking at uh, this particular uh, development and also bringing the community together, as was highlighted by Professor Nitaya Chetty. How important is uh, is it to bring the astronomy community together to actually have access, to actually optimize investment, as highlighted by Professor Nitaya Chetty? Your views there, Professor? Yes, I'm still here. Thank you. I I think these meetings are highly important, and it was actually an initiative by by Professor Nisiacetti to get the community together and actually talk together so that we can work really as a a national astronomy community together and and optimize our strategies, interact, and also work, sorry, with the, the smaller astro- astronomy groups in the country to optimize and help each other grow and, and strengthen. So in that sense, I think it's a fantastic idea because as, as uh, Nisya was, was saying, the, the multitude and the manifold of things that we are looking at is, is very broad from the different science perspectives, the different research groups we're building up, the different instruments we're, we're trying to use which, which other instruments do we need? And most important, I think, for all of us is really the human capacity development that is happening and transformation, particularly here in South Africa at all levels, within the universities and even within the facilities. Mm. Well, let me move on to Takalani Namawangani, who is joining us now as the director of the SK unit of the Department of Science and Technology. Takalani, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, good morning to your listeners. Now, Takalan, we've been speaking about the issue of gathering uh, uh, the astronomy community together in terms of uh, uh, these great developments that are happening, especially when you look at uh, the advancements and the developments around the Square Kilometre Array. When it comes to access uh, to the workings of the Square Kilometre Array, how do we ensure that uh, more uh, of the astronomy community have access to these great facilities? Yes, uh, uh, yeah, precisely. I think that was also part why, you know, there was uh, this uh, annual meeting of astronomers. Uh, because, I mean, as you indicated, these are key, uh, in you know, um, you know, projects that we are having in the astronomy, uh, which are pretty much a flagship. Uh, a project uh, for the Department of Science and Technology, the Square Kilometer Array, the SALT Telescope, the African VLBI, uh, and, and, and a whole lot of other initiatives. Uh, so uh, as the community gathers, I think it's always important to reflect, but to also see how the community can work more and more closely together so that we can maximize opportunities and benefits for both the astronomy community, um, but also, you know, just to make sure that, um, you know, we're creating more uh, public awareness about these opportunities, especially for the youngsters, you know, uh, so that they can also look up to, uh, in the future, you know, uh, accessing and working in some of these facilities that we are creating, uh, you know, to develop a research, you know, capacity, uh, in the country, 
and, and, and so on. And also, I just want to look at that particular aspect in itself. Professor Nitaa Chetty, since the development of these particular projects, especially looking at uh, the square kilometer array, because we're focusing on that on the program today, uh, in terms since the project started, has there been an inclusive uh, approach to this particular uh, program? Yes, uh, very much so. Uh, the, the SKA is, is an African project. It's not just a South African project. We won the bid to host the major share of the SKA because of our support from our African partner countries. So we, we have uh, an, a number, uh, seven African partner countries who are, uh, who are strongly engaged in, 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 this, in the SKA. Uh, we are building the first phase in South Africa, and the second phase of the SKA will be built some years in the future. But we are not waiting until then to, um, to uh, develop astronomy capacity in Africa. Uh, we, we already have a significant human capacity developmental program here in South Africa uh, through the SKHD program or through the NASP program or through the pre-doctoral program. And through this, uh, these programs, we are training the next generation, not only of South African students, but also foreign African nationals, so that they will be able to take over the reins of, of astronomy uh, research and development in their countries when, when they return. But also, very significantly, as Takalani mentioned, we, South Africa is uh, leading the effort to build the African VLBR network in Africa. These are precursor telescopes. They're meant to be a single-dish telescopes. We, to a very large extent, are refurbishing to uh, use telecommunication dish, dishes for the purpose of radio telescopes in places like Ghana and Kenya and Zambia and so on, and we have plans in other countries like Namibia and Botswana, uh, Madagascar, Mozambique, Mauritius. Uh, and, and so we are already building the hardware in many of these countries so that uh, we, we uh, take a proactive approach towards development. So there's, there's tremendous efforts that are taking place, led by South Africa, but now increasingly uh, our African partner countries are beginning to see the virtues and advantages of getting involved in themselves and committing their own funds and resources to make this happen. Nowhere else is that working better than in Namibia. Namibia hosts the so-called HES telescope for the past 12 years. They've done so, and they, all, they are an extremely important strategic partner for us in terms of the SKA. We are building strong uh, collaborations with each of our African partner countries on a bilateral basis to ensure that what we build is, is, is uh, are true success stories for science development for many decades into the future. Mm. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. Today, we're looking at uh, the meeting that uh, took place in Durban uh, over the weekend and uh, really to bring together the South African astronomy community. But as you highlighted uh, here there, Professor Nitaya Chetty, we see all these developments are actually also benefiting the rest of the continent. Just to give you uh, a few uh, outlines and just a little bit of information about the square kilometer array, if you've just joined us and you like what is the square kilometer ray it is the world's largest and most sensitive radio telescope the total collecting area will be approximately one square kilometer giving 50 times the sensitivity and 10,000 times the survey speed of the best current day telescope so big advances there that are being made in terms of of uh, this world of astronomy but coming back to you as the listener do you think that uh, the world of astronomy benefits us as ordinary citizens 
citizens. Do you think that the uh, industry of astronomy benefits ordinary citizens? We know that a lot of money is being pumped into these projects. Do you think it's relevant for the continent? Let us know your thoughts by SMSing us. If you're outside South Africa, it's on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. If you are in South Africa, SMS us with the same number, excluding the code. That would be zero seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Joining us on the program today, we've got Professor Nitaya Chetty, who is the Deputy Chief Executive Officer of Astronomy at the National Research Foundation. We also have Takalane Namaungan, who's the Director of the SKA Unit of the Department of Science and Technology. Also, the Head of Department of Astronomy at the University of Cape Town, Professor René Hran Gortevach, joins us on the line. We're going to continue this conversation after this, and we're going to come back to these practical issues on how it actually reaches me and new ordinary people, this industry of astronomy. Let's take a quick break. I'm Benjamin Mushatama. I'm an African from South Africa. I say no to xenophobia. Let's unite, Africa. Kenna Elizabeth, mo Africa wa go tswa province ya Limpopo, mo Africa borwa. Ke gana na le dihlaselo tsa badudi ba dinaga dishele e le go xenophobia. Let's unite, Africa. Jinalangu naitwa Michael Harere. Mimi ni Mwafrika kutoka Uganda. Siungi mkono chuki dhidi ya wageni. Afrika tuungane pamoja. Je m'appelle Jacques. Je suis un Africain de Côte d'Ivoire. Je dis non à la xénophobie. Restons unis, Africains. Ek is Janine, ek praat Afrikaans. Kom ons staan saam en sê nie vir xenophobia. Let's unite Africa. You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. You're listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. And uh, remember that uh, if you're listening to us online, it's on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. And if you're listening to us on DSTV, it's Channel 902. That's Channel 902. Today, we're discussing astronomy, looking at uh, the gathering that took place uh, last week looking at uh, uh, the world of astronomy or the community of uh, the astronomy coming together and speaking about some of the um, you know forward thinking ways of actually advancing this uh, industry and creating a more way of excess optimizing investment in this particular area. Coming back to you Professor René Kran, uh, if you're still there with us. Uh, I think uh, we're struggling there with our lines. I don't know what uh, happened um, but we're going to 
try and re-establish that connection with our guest. If you've just joined us, uh, we have Professor Nitaya Chetty, who is the Deputy Chief Executive Officer uh, at the Astronomy uh, Department of the National Research Foundation. Also, we have the Director of the SKA Unit of uh, the country's uh, Department of South Africa, uh, Science and Technology. And also, we have the Head of Department of Astronomy at the University of Cape Town. That's Professor René kran Kortevach. And uh, maybe we're still trying to get hold of the lines there. But let me give you a little bit of uh, feedback, just a little bit of uh, 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 just background about uh, these particular agreements. We know that members of the SKA have already agreed on a dual site solution for the Square Kilometer Array Telescope. It's one of those uh, crucial steps towards building the largest and most sensitive radio telescope. The process is already underway and already there's a lot of information and data that's been collated through this uh, particular uh, the square kilometer array. Uh, we know that the S the S cup and the Mirkat uh, precursor dishes have already been incorporated into phase one of the SKA. And we know that there's a big partnership around various countries and there's various members of the SKA organization, including a big partnership with Australia, Canada, China. We also have other countries such as Italy, New Zealand, but also African countries in the advancement in terms of uh, the world of science and technology are actually advancing in terms of being part of this particular project. So it is really much of an advancement in terms of the world of science and technology. But uh, let's uh, see if we've got our guests back on the line. Professor Nitachet, are you there with us? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, I apologize for that disconnection there. Let's see if, uh, Takalani, are you there with us? Yes. Okay, fantastic. I think it's uh, the two of you. And uh, Professor uh, René kran Kortevek, are you there with us as well? I'm back again, yes. Fantastic. Let me stick with you, Professor kran Kortevek, in terms of the question I was asking before this particular break, because we are speaking about uh, a telescope, and someone at home is saying, why are you telling me about a science and technology telescope to look into the universe? How does it benefit me as an ordinary African? How do I benefit from this when I have other challenges such as poverty, such as uh, uh, access to education, unemployment? Why is this uh, uh, development for the continent so important? How does it actually affect us as ordinary Africans? Well, I, I would think the, uh, the 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 importance of this is maybe not something that you very concretely now can say, oh, it will change this. But I think having such an enormous flagship project happening at, in South Africa, led by South Africa, these these big issues is, I think, enormous to to make us proud, to make us feel equal. We are up to the rest of the world in this. We have made an enormous, enormous contribution, and 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 so I think it is important in that sense and to show that that we are a big player with the rest of the world out there, and we can be, and we have shown that with the successful bit, the building of Meerkat the building of uh, the construction of souls, which is running quite, quite well. And then the, the other thing, I think, so, and it is, so it's an enticement to, for young people to go into science and technology, and this is so important for, for the points that we want to, to go towards a knowledge-based economy. We need people that are 
skills and interesting in driving innovations and science development. And in this sense, this telescope will just bring that because it puts us on the map. And, it's, and the, the most people are going to profit are not a few of the astronomers that actually do the science project, but it is all the benefits and the spin-offs that it will bring. It will bring work in, 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 in numbers of constructions and development. It will make us a leader in, in such important areas as big data. It will drive um, computational capacity and, and programming to levels in which, which we will, can become a major leader in, in the whole of the world. So these are some of, of the benefits that, that will come, come through this. It's not just mm. understanding what is happening out there in the universe. Mm. Mm. Let me move that to you, uh, Mr. Nemaungani. What, what are your views in terms of um, how we benefit as uh, a continent? Yes, I think there, there, there are many ways. Uh, I think we, we, we are already benefiting, uh, you know, from the tax uh, payers, you know, point of view. I mean, as government, uh, we wouldn't be investing uh, such huge amounts uh, into projects like this if, uh, you know, we were not going to realize, uh, you know, benefits cutting across, you know, a number of areas. So uh, these kind of projects uh, give us uh, opportunities uh, for, for, for building, you know, uh, community development, uh, industries, uh, job creation, you know, and also improving our, you know, education, contributing to improvement of uh, uh, our education, especially in the areas of, of math and science. So, so this project, I think, touch on a number of of key, you know, uh, uh, priorities, you know, uh, uh, that we have in terms of, uh, you know, economic development. So a, a, a project like uh, the SALT, uh, for instance, and SKA, uh, where they are, they are located, uh, you know, there is community development happening around those communities where ordinary people uh, live um, in terms of job creation, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, assisting even the, some of the small enterprises there, let's say those that could be involved in areas of uh, catering, uh, that could be involved in maybe building guest houses, uh, and even participating in some of the construction uh, opportunities. So it's really about, you know, uh, apart from the science that happens with the telescopes for the uh, scientists, but I think f- from a government perspective, uh, we see a lot of things, uh, activities happening, you know, in the communities, but also in the industry. Um, uh, with SKA, I mean, we have awarded quite a number of huge tenders up to now, and, 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 and most of those tenders have been actually won by... Um, you know, companies that are work, that are here in South Africa. Uh, so it talks to you know building our industrial base, our engineering capacity. You know that could be also useful for for for, for other uh, areas as well. You know, it talks about uh, creating a, you know a home here, so that you know when our students graduate, they don't have to leave the country the continent and go somewhere else, uh, you know, to pursue an interesting science. 
They can stay, stay here in the continent. Mm, so mm, it helps mm. us to retain the skills. Mm. You know, um, so, so and, and in education, you know, um, it helps us to create something, you know, to the young people that is exciting, you know, that mm. uh, can, you know, hopefully encourage them to move into this field. Because mm. well, when you talk about the stars, you know, mm. you excite a lot of young people out there, yes. Mm. Also, I want to move on to you, Professor Nitachet. Yesterday, we had a different conversation here on African Dialogue on just how we can actually see the continent from a different aspect. It was more ideological and philosophical, the conversation. But uh, also in terms of branding Africa, I think these initiatives actually uh, reposition us from being that uh, previously known as uh, a dark continent aspect of things. You know what I mean? Yes, so, so really this is absolutely true. Astronomy is one research endeavor. There would be others as well, but uh, we, of course, uh, uh, believe very strongly that astronomy is a key endeavor that uh, can position Africa as, as a world leader. We have a geographical advantage on several accounts, but mostly in terms of our pristine conditions. Uh, many parts of South Africa are really sparsely populated, so we have wide areas of land that are that are clear of light pollution for optical astronomy and clear of radio telecommunications and microwave communications. And, and in fact, the Northern Cape uh, is protected by government legislation for radio, quiet, uh, for radio quietness, which means that we have conditions that are unprecedented anywhere else in the world. So we have the ability and the prospects of pursuing world-class science right here in our, in our backyard. And, in, and that's, there's an important pride factor in this, of course. You talk about the voice of the African Renaissance. That's what it's all about. It's, it's Africa making good use of its own advantage so that we can compete on our terms to being a, a world-class player in this extremely important uh, research endeavor. Astronomy has many different facets, and both Professor Kran Korteberg and uh, Mr. Saklani have talked about uh, the I- impact that astronomy has on broad society. There's one matter about this gratuitimeter ray that is particularly relevant in this discussion. That's the, the data issues, the computational issues. Aside from SK being the world's largest radio telescope, it's also going to be the world's largest data project, just purely in terms of the amount of computations that are required and the amount of data that's going to be captured each, each, each hour, each second. So this requires technologies and skills and infrastructure that are as yet not fully developed. So South Africa is leading the way together with its many partners, including international partners like IBM and so on, in developing that technology right here in South Africa. And invariably, all of those technologies and the skills around those technologies, meaning the human capacity that we build around this, uh, is extremely relevant for broad South African society, whether this be in the banking sector or the insurance sector or the mining sector. So we have a means then through astronomy to develop quality human capacity uh, graduates in, in, in the sciences and computing and engineering that, uh, that will be um, employable in a very wide range of, of uh, mm-hmm. disciplines and uh, and, and commerce and industry way beyond uh, as, as astronomy uh, research and, and academia. Mm. Well, we're going to continue this after the break as uh, we're about to wrap up the conversation. Very interesting stuff indeed. We're looking at uh, bringing uh, this idea of uh, the SKA in your sights as the ordinary uh, South African or African listening to us uh, this morning. Do you think astronomy benefits ordinary citizens? That's what we're asking you today as our listener. Let us know your thoughts by SMS. 
Sengasun plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. The South African Astronomy Community held a third annual gathering in Durban, South Africa, over the weekend. The focus of the meeting was a strategic matters relating to astronomy, in particular the National Strategy for Multi-Wavelength Astronomy and the Implementation Plans. We'll speak and unpack uh, those particular uh, uh, plans and those uh, particular strategies when we come back after the break. Uh, we've got Professor Nita Chetty, the Deputy Chief Executive Officer of Astronomy at the National Research Foundation. Also, Professor Renier Kran Korteweg is also the Head of Department of Astronomy at the University of Cape Town. Uh, Takalani Namongani also is a Director at the SK Unit uh, in South Africa's Department of Science and Technology. We'll continue this uh, conversation after this break. Get to know Channel Africa and all the people who bring news, views and great African entertainment. You can now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 902. Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance. Abari, etise, mache, mingabo, baoni, kedu, mbote, ndemne, bonsoir. Join me, Richard Mwamba, for a brand new music show on Channel Africa called Africa in Song every Saturday and Sunday from 18 to 20 hours Central African time. Africa in Song, Saturday and Sunday from 18 to 20 hours Central African time. Indeed, we are the voice of the African Renaissance, proudly African, uh, not actually uh, really uh, downtrodden by some of the stereotypes that are attached. But uh, we want to pave a new way for the continent. This is Channel Africa, and you're listening to African Dialogue, where every day we bring you into conversation some of the things that are taking place on the continent. We have a dialogue about what uh, uh, some of the advances been made and also some of the challenges with the, that we're facing on the continent. Today, we're looking at astronomy and the South African Astronomy Community held their third annual gathering in Durban over the weekend, and uh, we're looking at uh, that particular aspect of things. Now, uh, coming back to you, uh, Professor René Kran Korteweg, it seems like South Africa has a lot of plans when it comes to astronomy as it was met this particular weekend. You were discussing the national strategy for the multi-wavelength astronomy and the implementation plans. Can you tell us a little bit about the astronomy strategy plan for South Africa in a language that an ordinary South African like me can understand. The strategy um, for the for the so it's a decadal strategy to actually see how we can optimize and make the uh, get the best benefits out of the investment that the government has made into into the infrastructure in in recent years to to um, to astronomy in South Africa and to actually play to our strengths and also see that that a large community can actually profit from this investment. 
So the the uh, the strategy um, has taken a long time to develop. It was started by DST, and it had seven panels that looked at different aspects that are of importance. One of the highest ones certainly is the human capacity development, but also what infrastructure, what do we need? We have to build up a bit more in theory and, and simulation. We should probably develop an instrumentation group. Um, and again, that could have enormous spin-offs and buy-in from other partners. And so it has various and, and have a large education and outreach um, aspect to it. So it has different, it has different panels that uh, reflected on that and were actually um, selected from the whole community, from the different universities, the uh, lecturers, from the facilities, from, and these people all got together to, to define that. And it was then put together in a way that, that we can actually look at, at this in a holistic way that also unites the community and having them work together as optimally and complementary as possible. Of course, from the astronomy perspective, one of the high, highlights was also the actual astronomy, what are the science topics that we are looking at and where we have strengths and where we become leaders on, on the world, world uh, at the world level and which project should that be and that uh, goes from compact objects and transient stars that are variable in which we have a long tradition of excellence in the optical but that's being exploited now also in the radio it is about the evolution of whole galaxies and how they make stars, how they use their gas, and it is a, a cosmology on, on the largest scale. And one of the other big, big issues that is at the forefront here, obviously, is also the innovation hmm. at the computing, on the computing side that Nithya Chetty already mentioned just before. Mm. And also, it seems like there's a lot of things that are happening in terms of incorporating uh, universities, which is also exciting. Uh, coming back to you, uh, Professor Anita Chetty, in terms of we know that the physics department at the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University in Port Elizabeth have been researching optical fiber telecommunications and plans to assist and advise the construction of the high-speed network. We know also that uh, there's also uh, been uh, involvement of leaders in universities, such as the University of the Witwatersrand in Janus who has been a chair on the SKA Research Council. How important is it that universities must also just tap into these resources, Professor Chetty? Yes, so uh, that's very true, that uh, government, uh, in particular, has been investing in, this, in these uh, massive infrastructures for astronomy. We do have national facilities that are managed by the National Research Foundation, uh, such as the South African Astronomical Observatory and the Square Kilometer Array, Muppers, uh, together with the Heart of the Crazy Astronomy Observatory. These are facilities that are uh, supporting and maintaining our infrastructures, but also doing the science. But outside that grouping, it's all of the universities, which total in excess of 20. Uh, historically, some universities like UCT and, and a few others were quite heavily involved in astronomy. But, uh, over the years, and astronomy has been an endeavor in the country for, for about 200 years. But more lastly, now that the government has made these massive investments, a number of universities around the country have been uh, exploring their own opportunities and niche areas where they can invest 
in terms of particular research efforts and personnel and, and areas of expertise so that they can uh, maximally exploit the, uh, the infrastructures that are being, being created. So as you quite correct, here yeah. at, uh, at uh, Nelson Mandela University, they have a, a uh, research program on high-speed um, switching devices yeah. for the SKA, but then the applications could well be quite far-reaching in terms of making cheap uh, bandwidth uh, available to uh, folk living in rural areas in South Africa, which would uh, have enormous consequences, of course, in terms of connecting up our broader population to the big wide world. Mm. Uh, and it has many implications in terms of health care, in terms of education, in terms of having uh, access to banking facilities and so on. Um, universities such as the Bardajan that you've mentioned, and we, of course, had the town meeting at KwaZulu Nassau. These universities have already now begun to employ, recruit world-class scientists at the institutions. Uh, NRF has a research chair program, mm. and, and through that program, we've been able to attract uh, really top quality people. And, and in, in, the con- in this context, South Africa is a net brain gain rather mm. than a brain drain, because we've been able to attract such a wonderful uh, group of, of leaders into South Africa to lead astronomy, but also to help us build capacity, particularly supervisory capacity, so that we can uh, generate, supervise many more uh, masters and doctoral and postdoctoral fellows. Hmm. So universities across the country are uh, seeing great opportunities for the investments that are being made, and they are making good use of those, those opportunities for sure. Well, we have to leave it there. I wanted to come to you, Stakalani um, Namungani, but we've run out of time. But thank you to Professor Nitaya Chetty, the Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the Astronomy Department at the National Research Foundation. Thank you as well for your involvement, Mr. Takalani Namungani, Director of the SKA Unit of the Department of Science and Technology in South Africa. Thank you as well to the Head of Department of Astronomy at the University of Cape Town, Professor René Kran Kortavach. Thank you all for joining us for this very, very very insightful conversation, very educative as well, very educational, I mean, rather. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. That's how we wrap it up. The time right now is 11.46. It's time for us to get our economics update from Wisani Matebula. Thanks, Benjamin, and good morning. Zambia's debt has grown larger and more complex and will require the government to reduce expenditure. That's according to outgoing World Bank uh, Country Director Kundavi Kadirasen. Finance Minister Alexander Chekwanda last Thursday succeeded in pursuing Parliament to increase Zambia's external debt ceiling. Currently, the country's external debt stands at $4.8 billion, while its domestic debt is at $3.7 billion. Meanwhile, Zambia's Bureau of Standards is slowly but surely rising to its challenge in terms of helping to curb the sale of substandard goods in the country. Nowadays, a fortnight rarely passes without a report of ZABS officers having confiscated some substandard goods. This, as it should be, the Bureau should also be encouraged to keep the rates up as it helps to raise the quality of goods and services in Zambia. 
And India's largest utility and tractor producer, Mahindra and Mahindra, has set up an Africa-focused business unit as it looks to maintain double-digit growth levels on the continent. With an active presence in 20 African countries, Mahindra and Mahindra hopes the aggressive expansion will help spare a tenfold increase in business over the next five to seven years. CEO of Mahindra's local South African unit, Ashok Takur, says there's no doubt that Africa holds tremendous potential. He says the new African business unit will place Mahindra in a very strong position to strengthen its African presence. Takul will lead the newly established continental business unit based in South Africa with additional business hubs planned for Nigeria, Kenya and Egypt. And gold producers in South Africa have proposed a five-year wage deal of increases ranging from 7.8% to 13% for lowest paid workers. The firms, which include Anglo Gold, Ashanti, Harmony Gold and Sibanya Gold, also offered artisans and other categories 4.5% to 6% wage hikes. The sector's two biggest unions are seeking wage increases ranging from around 80% to more than 100% for their lowest paid members. National Union of Mine Workers General Secretary David Sipunzi. In as far as the increase in wages is concerned, they are very far from what we're demanding. They are offering, uh, I think, around 600 rands increase, where we're looking for around 5,000 rand increase, four or 5,000 rand increase. And therefore, we are pulled apart in as far as that is concerned. For miners, artisans and officials, they are offering a 5% increase worse, uh, in other mining houses, and uh, Harmon is offering a mere 4%. An internal wrangles in the Kenyan Cooperative Tribunal threatened to cripple the operations of the institution as its members and the deputy chair battle the chairperson over alleged disregarding them in his decisions. The infighting has drawn industrialization cabinet secretary Adan Mohamed into a risk of six months civil jail for allegedly defying court orders. Let's uh, uh, look at your financial indicators. The dollar trading at 12.27 South African cents at 9.82 Botswana Pula and 7.45 to the Zambian Guacha. Also trading at 0.62 to the British pound and at 0.88 against the euro. Commodities at this hour, gold is at $1,177, platinum $1,079, a fine ounce brand crude oil has gone down by one notch, having ended the day yesterday at $62, now it's at $61.85 per barrel. That's how it's looking. Time right now is 11.50 Central African time. Let's move on and get our sports news from Musibudi Makura.
Good day, sports fans, and starting off with football news, Bafana Bafana held their first trading session at the University of Johannesburg Stadium with an almost full squad of 16 players. 18 players are scheduled to travel to Mauritius on Thursday. The South Africans are in camp to prepare for the second leg against Mauritius and the 2016 Chan qualifiers. Tabo Matlaba, as well as Mark van Heerden, are suffering from Achilles tendon injuries, while Ntsekelelo Nyawuza has been withdrawn due to a hectic schedule of his club Orlando Pirates. Vukile Ngobisa of the University of Pretoria has since been called up to replace Van Yerden and joined the team at training. Ethiopia have stepped in to replace Rwanda as host of November's Eastern Central Africa's Regional Championship, the Sakafa Senior Challenge Cup. Rwanda had been due to host the event but have withdrawn as they are preparing to host the African Nations Championship next January. January rather, The tournament had to be cancelled last year after Ethiopia's decision that they could not host the event. Liberia Football Association President Musa Beliti says he will step aside if the Confederation of African Football boss Isa Hayetu bids, to ho- bids for the FIFA presidency. Beliti announced his intention to stand in June after current FIFA President Seb Blatter announced he would step down amid allegations of corruption among officials. The 48-year-old Beliti is the second person to declare his candidacy after former Brazil international Zico. Beliti, who has led the Liberian Football Association since 2010 is only the second African to make a bid to become FIFA president after Hayetu lost to Blatter back in 2002. The Liberian football boss admits he is yet to speak directly to Hayetu about his bid. On to athletics news, Ethiopia's Ginzaba Dibaba is gunning to make history in the 5,000 meter. Already holder of world indoor records over 1,500 meters, the 3,000 meters, as well as the 5,000 meter, she is out to better a time of 14.11 seconds set by her older sister, Trinesh Dibaba, in Oslo back in 2008. The fastest time over the distance this year was the 14 minutes, 14 seconds run by Almanes Ayana, who is also lining up at the stadium north of Paris, which staged the 1998 World Cup final. And finally, in tennis news, world number one Serena Williams overcame a minor blip against debutante Margarita Gasparan to progress to the second round of the Wimbledon with ease. Five-time champion Williams was broken in the first game of the match, but came through to win 6-4-6-1. Williams, the reigning Australian as well as a French Open champion was not at her best, forced to save six breaking points and but ultimately had too much noise. Williams admits she didn't expect Gasparan to perform as well as she did. No, I just was, she came out so fast, I was like, oh my god, if I don't start, I'm going to be down a set, and I'm tired of being down a set, so um, I just really tried to get out. I mean, I, she started incredibly fast, so I was just trying to uh, just get better. Williams, who is favorite to win the title, and should she win for the sixth time, the top seed will move closer to completing a calendar Grand Slam and emulate Steffi Graf, who won all four back in 1988. Um, it feels good so far, you know, just one match. So, um, But it feels good, you know, just to be back here at Wimbledon. And um, I've done so well here in the past, so I always have so many good memories here. Well, those are your sports news at the sound. Stay tuned to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
Well, that's how we end the program. Thank you for joining us. Remember, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. Look, we were asking the question today because we were looking at the issue of astronomy. Do you think astronomy benefits us as ordinary Africans, not uh, as experts within the science and uh, the technology industry, but just ordinary South Africans, Africans, Angolans, Nigerians, wherever you are from the continent? How does astronomy benefit you? Let us know your thoughts. SMS us on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's plus two seven seven nine six nine. Five seven nine three zero. If you are SMSing us from South Africa, it's simply zero seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Or you can also interact with us via our Facebook. Go to Channel Africa. That's the page. Like it, and here you can find out more about what we get up to here on Channel Africa, and also participate in some of our interactions there on social media. Also, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Channel Africa One. That's at Channel Africa One. African Dialogue has its own handle that's at african dialogue that's at african dialogue so thank you for joining us today we'll be back with you tomorrow at this time 11 o'clock central african time